Archibald's, two Archibald's and an Alan Archibald. Hello and welcome to day 11 of our 12 Days of Archie series here on Draw, Lose or Draw. Today we are going to look back on our 4-2 win at Tynecastle which secured Premiership survival in the 2013-14 season. Enjoy. To start, here's James Kearney with his memories of that night in Gorgie. Yeah, I remember, strangely enough, going into the game, I was feeling incredibly confident. Um, I didn't really have much of a worry at all. I just thought that his hearts obviously they'd had the, the points deduction that year. Um, and they just never really got going, obviously. And I, I just, I, I remember going into that game thinking, like, ah, it'll be fine, it'll be a total squish. You know, no bother at all. Here's Mark Wallace with a bit of background on that game. I love this game. This is my f- favourite ever th- a thistle game this it really is like it's better than the Morton game it's better than the Queen's Park game this for me absolute utopia I just remember meeting my mates for that and thinking we can get a result because we went to Tynecastle and we beat them in January it was like the first week of January and we won 2-0 Lyle Taylor scored and Aaron Taylor Sinclair scored Obviously, they were already down because they lost four. They beat us four two at Fur Hill, but get relegated because I think St Mirren got a result. So like, we needed to win. If we if we won, we would stay up because they changed. I think Mark Ridgers made his debut for Hearts that night, and we were thinking, okay, maybe we can get something, and then Hearts take the lead. Now Scotland international Callum Patterson opened the scoring in that game which got the Thistle fans' nerves jangling. Callum Patterson basically walks through our defence. Like, it's, like, Rory Hamilton, the guy that does the commentary now for Sky Sports, describes it as a wonder goal. The only thing I was wondering was where was our fucking defenders? Because, like, he just, like, he dribbles right through them. Like, he goes on, like, a slalom and run, and, like, none of our defenders get near him. And so we're 1-0 down, you're thinking, all right, it's going to be one of the days. Lyle Taylor scores a lovely equaliser. Here's Jamie McDonald to talk about Lyle Taylor and his importance to the team that year. I, just, I, I didn't know much about him when we signed him. I knew he'd played for Falkirk the season before, but I, I didn't know a huge amount about him. But uh, he arrived on loan from Sheffield United the first time we got him. And he was just he was just a brilliant player. He was just a natural goal scorer. And he, you know, he really gave his all for the team. You could tell he really did care. Because some people say, you know, the lone players really care as much. You know, they get game time, they go back, and then that's it. But um, he really did care, and he got some huge goals for us. I remember, I remember him scoring the first time against Hearts in the second game. He scored a double against Ross County. I mean, he obviously scored in that Hearts game. He just, he was a good goal scorer, Lyle Taylor. And he was just a, he was just a brilliant player. He scored that double against Aberdeen. He was just a, play, a player to watch. That I, I really wish we got him in a full time contract. The fact we were so close to getting him. It was just, you know, it was just devastating that we never got him. You look at where he is now. He's playing for the Nottingham Forest at a good level. So he was peak, peak later in his career than a lot of players, but he was a great player, I'll tell you, and I love watching him play. All right, we're back in it. Danny Wilson scores a free header to put them 2-1 up at half-time, and you're like, I can't fucking believe this is going to be all over after one year. 
Because we were 11th with the results, the way the results went. We were 11th at half-time. With Thistle falling into the drop zone by half-time, it was Gary Fraser who produced a moment of magic to level the scoring. Lyle Taylor scored, and it was disallowed, and then Gary Fraser, literally with the next attack downfield, scores that wonder goal. And I just remember we were behind the goal, up the very back at Tynecastle that night, right behind the goal. And then Gary Fraser get get the ball laid off to him. He hit it. And I just remember thinking, oh my fucking God. It came out of nowhere and it was like, I just remember jumping and celebrating and there were coins falling at my pockets and everything, man. Like pure delirium. You're thinking, oh my, that was when I saw it. Sussed, I think we're going to get a result. Lee Mayer then scored a glancing header to put the Jags 3-2 up on the night. I've got a lot of time for guys like him. See, like, just a, just a good hand. The type of guy you want to bring it. Like, people rip the absolute piss out of John Hughes. Good, honest laddies. But see, sometimes you need good, honest laddies in your team. You just need that steady hand on the tiller just to... Keep everything ticking over. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You can't. I don't think you can rely on it long term, but certainly short term, when you're in a bit of a situation like we were in at that time, like Archie brought in Lee Mayer to sort of steady things up with a couple of rookie centre-backs who'd never played at that level before in Muirhead and Balatoni. He brings them in, and you've got Lee Mayer coming in. And he's bringing that in, and as well as that, that's bringing along Liam Lindsay as well, who was just coming through. He gets the goal to put us in front. I just, again, I'm picking up coins off the floor that were in my pockets. After running rings around hearts all night, Callum Higginbottom finally got what he deserved a goal to round off the 4 2 win and spark wild celebrations in the away end and on the field. <laughs> Lyle Taylor has an absolute raspberry a shot, and then Higgy follows it in. For four, and I just remember him running away, his shirt off, doing the full Ryan gigs, twirling his shirt above his head, and the absolute pushing rain, horizontal rain, and like we started singing, uh, going down with the high bees, and all of Ten Castle joined in, and they started, <laughs> they started singing, we're going down with the high bees. It was amazing it's quite, like, I just remember walking out of the stand and you know at Tynecastle you walk down the stairs before you actually get out onto the street and it was pouring absolutely hooring it down I, I honestly could have done the Vince McMahon strut all the way back it was unbelievable what a feeling it was that was game yeah like you, you clearly see that I think the Hearts fans at that point had recognised oh, yeah. that they were they were down and that Fissel were a better team on the day because they, they, they clamped them off the field as well and they clamped the Fissel fans going down the street as well um, after the game down the Gorgie Road just shows you that they, they, they absolutely not begrudging it. They, they oh, the no, there. 
While many Thistle fans would have had to take the next day off work due to nursing hangovers, Kieran Ashton's next day was very different. Uh, that was that was absolutely mental. I think I stayed off school the next day. I don't know why I was off school. I think it was maybe Ken that day. I don't know. I did stay off to have a fucking promotion session at my house. I was only 13 at the time. <laughs> but, the uh, I On <laughs> the fruit shoots because piss off stayed up. But I remember just staying after school just watching that, uh, watching that game over and over and over again. This match might not be looked back on with such fondness had a little bit of luck not gone the Jags way in the first half as Mark Wallace explains. But the thing about that that's almost completely forgotten, seeing the whole euphoria that night, see it 1-0 to Harps in that game, Billy King misses an absolute sitter. Like He's through one-on-one with Gal and he manages to stick it up near me, the back of the stand, and let that get in, it's game over. It shows you that that offside goal as well. Taylor scores. It shows you that at that point when that was ruled offside, a lot of teams that are just like the heads drop when you got back in there and you got an offside. Oh yeah, the heads, off. the heads easily could have dropped there. Yeah, the bit between yeah. the and they were like, no, we we're doing this, and immediately just went back up and scored a. There was a there was goal. a real togetherness. Of, like I would I would say we probably kept a lot of that team together too long. I mean, some would say we still have absolutely flogged the arse out of it. But the, the togetherness of that team was unbelievable. At a time where the quality in the Scottish game was a wee bit down, but like we probably get more mileage out of that than we had any discernible right to get. But like the the sheer collective of that group, I wouldn't be totally against that team going into the Hall of Fame in the future because it was a special collective group they were nine points behind in March with three games well even with three games in hand and a better goal difference you still need to win the games we did it and nobody gave us a chance to stay up we had a wee bit of a leg up with hearts points deduction but we still had to avoid ninth and we did it so there's a lot there's a lot of love for that team for very good reason I vividly remember watching this I wasn't at the game I remember I was, I can't remember, it was someone's birthday party, it must have been. For some reason, I was at a bowling alley that day and I wasn't happy about being there because <laughs> I wanted to go to the game because it was a massive game. But for some reason, I had some commitment that I couldn't get out for whatever reason. So I was at this bowling alley and I remember it was that one, it was the one in a great head. Oh, yeah, another one. So certainly they, they went to one up and then you're sort of, fuck, here we go. And I, I remember just like, I was meant to be bowling and people were shouting at me, oh, come on, it's your turn. Because <laughs> I was so engrossed in the game, I was just getting the ball and just like launching it. I like, didn't care. Like, you know, half time, this is going straight in the gutter. I was like, all right, fine, don't care. And then obviously we had the, that stirring comeback, you know, which was phenomenal. And like, to us, out, out of all the many, many, many games that I've missed for one reason or another over the years, that was always the one that stood out for me as like the one that I really wish I'd gone to. And the really annoying thing is I can't remember whose birthday party was I was at. Um but you know, like this I love Time Castle as an away day. I think it's the best away day in Scotland, you know. You get the train through to Edinburgh, so that's fun, you get a couple of beers or whatever. You know, loads of great pubs around that part of Edinburgh. That's the, the away section as well. It's just so steep and sheer and uh, I just I, I, I love an away day at Time Castle. And so I think to have had such a momentous result at Tynecastle, it must have been such a great day out. It really must have been. I, I, I'm sure I'd end up going against Stephen later on that night, but certainly the game itself, that was one 
where I had, I was meant, I was meant to be doing something else. I was, I was probably just being a really bad friend and just sort of ignoring what was going on, just absolutely glued to wherever it was. I was able to watch this game, but I, I mean that 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 was the one where I remember. I say I was super confident going into it. I absolutely shot it when we went behind, but then I had to take a smug get when we won. Cause I was like, ah, never in doubt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know, just absolute skush, you know, just going to drama. I mean, it, it shows you, um, you, you probably were being a bad friend, seeing as you can't remember who they were, so clearly you aren't keeping in touch <laughs> with them. Probably because you uh, ghosted them at their birthday party when bowling or something. A night that a lot of fans are never going to forget. It's just, we're back up into the Premiership after a nine-year absence, and just to win that game, 4-2 away at Tynecastle, Higgy getting that winner, and the, the fourth goal for and the celebration with that. You know, we came back from one 0 down. We came back from two one down. It's Gary Fraser's goal. There were so many memorable things of that night. That squad was another great squad to watch play. Higgy, Lyle Taylor, Dools, Erskine, so many great players in that team. I mean, it was just fantastic that night, and just what 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 a win for Festival, and just a great bit in the club's history that will not get forgotten. And as I say, the celebration for Higgy's goal. Just, oh, I, I I just loved I loved Brian Higgy. Higgy was such a great player for us, and uh, yeah, it was just. Such an amazing, such an amazing night for the club. Just the sheer determination of that team to dig it out when they probably several times had no right to and arguably got off the hook when Hearts missed an absolute sitter at 1-0 up. A really special night. My fa- Probably my favourite night as a Thistle fan. Like, years later, my heart supporting pals tease me is like, oh, we let you in that. It's like, see, be honest, mate, even if you did, I'm still glad you let us. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on our penultimate episode of our 12 Days of Archie series here on Draw, Lose or Draw. We'll be back tomorrow with our final episode and then on Friday with a big interview that you might have seen teased on social media, so stay tuned for that. This episode was narrated by Matt Greer and edited by David Forrest with contributions from David Forrest, Mark Wallace, James Kearney, Jamie MacDonald and Kieran Ashton. As always, stay safe and wear a mask.